Welcome to Courtside, everyone, a discussion of the post-election litigation brought by Donald Trump. It is day 49 after the election. That's right. It's been seven weeks to the day since the election. Since that time, we've all known what the reality is. Uh, Donald Trump doesn't. He keeps on fighting in courts and Twitter and things like that. The litigation count stands at one out of 60 cases that Donald Trump has won. That single case that he won didn't get him any votes. He lost another case today in Arizona, but it's a case he had already lost before, so I'm not counting it as an extra one. This is the Arizona Republican Party's challenge to the Maricopa County election. The judge today rejected it for all time today, but the judge added a pointed footnote. He said, quote, what exactly the Arizona Republican Party and its attorney knew? will be an issue on the application for attorney's fees. The Republican Party appears to have had constructive knowledge, at least, of facts that contradicted the allegations in the complaint. Put in plain English, he's saying, yeah, you all look like you lied, and I'm going to make you pay for it. So those are the sanctions, and that may be coming. And that's the theme of today's litigation, Um, you know, what happened in the courts today. Trump's lawyers are starting now to face legal consequences for their claims in court. I talked yesterday about how Lynn Wood has already been uh questioned by a Delaware judge about his supposed lying that's taken place about the election. Today, also, the Michigan attorney general said that she would seek sanctions against the other half of Team Kraken, Sidney Powell, for lying in court. And the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, the storied litigation uh, shop, uh, filed a lawsuit against Trump and the Republican National Committee for conspiring to violate the rights of black voters through bringing all of this frivolous litigation. And tonight, there's new word out that the last part of Team Kraken, uh, the uh, the <laughs> lawyer Rudy Giuliani, uh, that the federal government investigators want access to his electronic communications. Now, the details here are not available. We know that there is an investigation by federal prosecutors in the Southern District of New York, that elite prosecutorial office that Rudy Giuliani once ran, and that they're investigating things about his dealing with the Ukrainians. And indeed, two of his associates, Lev Pornis and Igor Fruman, have already been indicted as a result of this investigation, charged with campaign finance fraud and wire fraud. I kid you not, these two guys had a company that was called quote, fraud guarantee. That was the name of the company, fraud guarantee. And that company paid Giuliani a half million dollars. Now, Rudy, excuse me, fraud guarantee was a company that started in 2013. It looks like it's had zero customers and zero returns for its investors in the last seven years. And indeed, that it also looks like they defaulted on their lease. But somehow they got together $500,000 to pay Rudy Giuliani. And it looks like Giuliani was using this to try and undermine the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich, who you might remember testified against Trump at the impeachment proceedings. And Parnas and Fruman were charged with funneling a lot of money to a U.S. Congress person who was trying to remove Ivanovich. It's not clear that 
Rudy Giuliani disclosed his lobbying relationships. I think he evidently thought he was doing legal work, which is exempt. Now, of course, Giuliani has a very capacious idea of what is legal. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that's something that the federal investigators are, are looking into tonight. And the upshot here is Rudy Giuliani has truly done it all. He's gone from America's mayor to America's crazy uncle and now to America's most wanted. And it is amazing to me that the lawyer to the president of the United States is under active investigation by a department run by the president of the United States. And Rudy is out there defending the president, supposedly, on his election, uh, you know, loss, uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, and making all these outrageous claims. And, you know, it remains to be seen, are these claims really being made because Rudy believes it or because he's angling for a pardon, which is, of course, what Ken Paxton, the Texas attorney general, looks like he was trying to do. And all of these conflicts are playing out in full view. Giuliani tweeted today that the Biden Justice Department is out to get him. Now, only Rudy Giuliani can argue both that the election isn't over and that Biden has already been inaugurated and is running the Justice Department. Finally, in our new installment, one more thing. President Trump an hour ago just pardoned 20 people, basically Republicans and war criminals. Uh, one of those war criminals, a guy named Nicholas Slatton, sentenced to life in prison after being tried. He was a Blackwater contractor. He killed en masse 17 Iraqi civilians in Nisar Square in Baghdad. That's who Trump pardoned tonight. And he also pardoned friends of his like Duncan Hunter and Chris Collins, who are both Republican congressmen. But more than that, they were the very first two supporters of Donald Trump in Congress. So I guess if you're an early supporter of the president, you get to be pardoned first. It also turned out that you got to be indicted first, uh, so it's probably not a great place to be. But nonetheless, that is what's happening tonight. And the pardon power is part of our Constitution. It's largely unlimited. Our founders assumed good faith. So there isn't a way to undo these pardons, even though Trump is doling them out like candy to his friends. The founders knew evil. They knew corruption. But they never really anticipated wholesale lawlessness the way that Donald Trump has made. And Harvard Law Professor Jack Goldsmith, who uh, is was George W. Bush's top Justice Department official has studied the Trump pardons, and he's found that 88% of the pardons that Trump has given over his time, and this, by the way, doesn't include today, which makes it even worse, but 88% of the pardons up until today, Trump gave to someone that he was personally tied to or that would benefit him politically. People like Sheriff Joe Arpaio, that despicable individual in Arizona, or Dinesh D'Souza, or Scooter Libby, or Michael Flynn. The whole idea behind our justice system is that justice is blind. That's why when you look at the statue of justice, it's Lady Justice and she's blindfolded because you want even-handed administration and execution of the law. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or black or white, rich or poor, a friend of Trump's or an enemy of Trump's. Nothing is more corrosive to our system of justice than the idea that you, there are two different systems of justice, one for the government's friends and one for its enemies. And we haven't ever seen anything quite like this. It is sickening. It may be what happens in Moscow or Pyongyang, but not the United States.
And, you know, most notably, it's not as if Trump's like doling out a lot of pardons and then happens to be some are Republicans. He's only basically giving it to these people. He's granted the fewest number of pardons of almost anyone. Under half a percent of pardon requests, he's granted the lowest of any president on record. And until today, he'd only granted 44 clemencies in total, which is the lowest of any president, at least since William McKinley. President Obama, by contrast, in order, you know, 44 for Trump, Obama, 1,927. And if Trump can pardon his friends, and if that's who he's relying, if he's only going to pardon his friends, and given the number of friends he has, maybe we're at the end of this pardon spree, I guess, um, since I'm sure he's run out of friends at this point. And I guess now we're going to move on to the family piece of Trump's friends and family pardon spree. And I predict it'll be just as lawless as what Trump did today. I'll see you tomorrow.